You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Claude Giroux's heroics over the weekend get him to third all-time in Flyers career points and they save himself from another disappointing loss for the team. Will we ever appreciate the captain that he deserved? And the offseason is nearly here. Who are our top targets for the Flyers? Talk about it all right now. This is the Orange and Backcheck Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It's episode 75 of Orange and Backcheck. So glad you are here one day we'll enjoy a Flyers game that's less stressful, just less. I'm not even asking stress-free, just less stressful than when you play against a team that's on an eight-game losing streak or an 18-game losing streak, and you let them claw back and win and possibly win, and then you just have to rely on the guy that you haven't truly appreciated for all of his tenure, especially the last five years, 10 years, whatever it is, and that's Claude Giroux. But before that, Scott Weinhardt. What's going on, brother? Episode 75, coincidentally 75, the last time the Flyers won a Stanley Cup. Well, see, I want I, I wanted to go the episode without bringing that up, specifically because I'm tired of hearing Wait, in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I, I'm tired of 74, 75. Like, I, we were in that zone, and I'm just like, you know, I, I could see a Pittsburgh fan. Because we we get downloads out in Pittsburgh, we get downloads out in down in Washington. Like I know there's someone out there that listens to the spot and is going, "Hey, they're at seventy four thirty five. I wonder if they'll address this two Stanley Cups that you guys have and haven't had one ever since." I, I no. mean, we're we're dumb if we don't. That's the truth. No, I mean, we're think smart about it this if we way. don't. It's been 46 <laughs> years. It's been 46 <laughs> years since this team has won a Stanley Cup. If my math is correct, I mean. That's a long time. And then listen, they they made the they made the final in 76, 80, 84, 87, 97, 2010, and uh they did not win any of those Stanley Cups. And even Ed Snyder said before he passed, yeah, Mr. Snyder said, you know, you think he'd luck out and win one of them. You think. Yeah. Like you just ran into Gretzky, the greatest of all time. Uh yeah, well then then you had the Detroit team in 97 and then the Blackhawks team and let's not talk about the goal Mike Layton gave up. It's you know, yeah. that Alex Lyon gave up a rough goal this week. A lot of people were hating on him on Twitter for that. It's like I I don't agree. That's called the if you look at the fourth goal he gave up or the guy was in the corner and he was down with one pad out. That's called the reverse VH or the RVH is goal is called. I hate when guys play that position because you're completely out of the place. Stand on your damn feet like Dom Roussel was talking about two weeks ago. Yeah, I, I think Alex Lyon is that guy that I th- is he a free agent this year? I know we're going to talk about free agents and all that. I think he is. He's a career AHO. That's what he is. Yeah, it, it, that's what that's what I was getting around. Like he's not going to be. He is a free agent this year, an unrestricted free agent. Like if if he 
walks like go for it like it's just one of those guys that like one i think the 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 emergence of felix sandstrom has really turned this team i think he's going to be the perennial starter in the ahl down the line maybe not next year but for sure in about two or three years if he continues the the path that he's on and who knows with what's going to happen with the future of Carter Hart. Obviously, you and I are both high on him, but you never know what's going to happen a year from now when you realize maybe Carter Hart's not the guy. You have Felix Sandstrom. But again, Alex, but back to the point about Alex Lyon, like he's just kind of a, that's really all you can describe him as, a perennial AHL guy. And once in a while when Carter Hart or Brian Elliott or whoever it is, the guy for the Flyers is hurt, that he's going to be, hey, why don't you just back us up for five games or six games, whatever it may be. Yeah, like when he was coming out, a lot of people had a lot of hype on him too, and he was the top goaltender playing out of Yale. But at the same time, you know, listen, some guys, they reach their peak level of where they're going to get to. Yep. A perfect example of that would be Mike McKenna, who played here two years ago and played from pretty much every team in the league, it seemed like. Mike, great guy, could could be a spot starter guy, but – you know, just one of those things where he's just never going to crack a roster full time. And sometimes it takes a long time to do that. Some guys have done it like a guy like Carter Hutner, or a guy like uh, Curtis McElhaney down in Tampa. Um, those guys have been able to crack the lineup and after going through the trials and tribulations. But a lion, with all due respect to him, listen, he's, some guys are just a great AHL player and they're just not made for the NHL. The only example I can really think of in Philadelphia was that was Neil Little. So if anybody remembers yeah. Neil Little, Neil Little was that guy. Alex Lyon is the modern day Neil Little. And there's nothing wrong with that. It really is not. The guy is a professional hockey player at the end of the day. Just he's playing for different crowds and on buses instead of planes. So yep. Hey, that's what it is. Hey, he's still making money doing what he loves. That's that's exactly. really what it comes down exactly. to. Exactly. And he's one guy able that to keep them in competitive in games. That's all. That's all yeah. you ask for. You know, this guy's not going to come out and you know take you on a ten game win streak like Andrew Hammond did for the Senators about five or six years ago. But right, you know, you just need him to come in here and start for you. It's almost like a, a bullpen start in baseball. It's the only thing I can compare it to. One guy that is definitely been a guy that will keep the flyers in, in in games night in and night out is the captain claude Giroux, and as we said at the opener he's now third all time he crossed brian prop in extreme fashion i mean you score you two you score two goals and i think it was like 45 or 50 seconds something they something scored two goals in 22 seconds last yeah time. like something very sure. impressive especially because they had an empty net i mean claude Giroux. I think Sean Couturier or someone, one of the veterans said this, like he is the most competitive person I think the Flyers have had in a long time. And not that's not saying that Coots or Voracek or any of them are not competitive. They certainly are. But there's another gear that Claude is able to find. And we saw that uh, on Sunday because I think what's great about Claude is we know he's not the vocal speaker, at least publicly. We don't really know what he does in the locker room, but for sure we know uh, publicly he's not going to want to call out teammates. And I think that's just kind of the, the, the moniker for the NHL. What he does is lead by example. And when you're doing what he did on Sunday night against whether it's the, the capitals or the, or the lowly devils, the fact that he's able to do that, makes him is the reason why he's the captain and, and why young guys like uh Lashinsky, all of these guys are looking up to him and the veterans. And I don't, I think again, I've said this before on our, on, on our preview podcast or on our preseason podcast and our off season podcast. If they don't win a cup under Claude Giroux, which very likely could be after following this season, I'd be shocked if he's not resigned, but let's just, 
for the sake of argument, his contract, like he will be the biggest waste of Flyers talent and possibly Philadelphia talent in history. So it's a damn shame that we're talking about the third all-time points leader and likely will be second all-time when it's all said and done of his career in Philadelphia. And there's nothing really to show for it except for that. Yeah. I don't think I could have said it better myself. It's the truth. It's a shame that, you know, I, I think that a lot of people underappreciate just how good Claude Giroux has been over the last 10 seasons. Just really like he's, he is almost a borderline generational talent. Now I'm not saying at the lines of Crosby. I'm not saying at the lines of McDavid, he doesn't have that specific talent, but he has been a guy where he's been at the top of the point list almost every season compared to bigger guys like Patrick Kane, uh, Jonathan Taves. He's been up there with Crosby since the 2012 season when it really, the team was really handed off and he was, he was the leader for it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, but it's important to know that, you know, you're, you're going to look back on these years and say, man, you're absolutely right. Like they couldn't win a cup with that guy. Nobody realized it's a shame when you see a talent like this go to not say waste because he's had his moments and he's had of moments yeah. of, of legendary status, but it's a shame that it, it, it seems more and more likely, look, he's got one year left on his deal. Like you have to flyer strings. I'm going to tell you right now, you better be prepared if Claude Giroux does not return after next season. See, and, I th- and and that's a big deal. That's a, that's that is literally a big deal. Of hey, we're moving on. We're changing direction. Well, you know that'd be a hard day. That's like, for instance, honestly, that's like letting a guy like Bobby Clark go. I mean, I'm not using it for that. No, term. that's trading. A, tra- yeah. You're trading Eric Lindros. Like you know, Keith Primo having to retire. These are all big trading Mike Richards and, and, and Jeff Carter in the same day. Like those are, it's a guy kind of shift. It would be, I I just don't know. And maybe it's just my pessimism on the the team and the fan base. And wait, you pessimist. I know shocking, (laughs) but I, I just think there is this notion of the majority of the fan base. And I hope I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just reading the tea leaves wrong, but I think there is a, 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 a majority of the fan base that when Claude Giroux is gone, they'll say, good, I'm glad he's gone. Oh, without a doubt. Because I think that they're so tired of the, 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 the mediocrity because that is certainly a, one of the things that Claude Giroux is going to have a, I guess, stain quote unquote on his career as a Philadelphia flyer. But when you look at the whole picture, it's the failure of the Paul Holmgrams, the, the the Ron Hextalls, and right now the Chuck Fletcher. And I'm not saying Chuck Fletcher is a failure, but he he banked on something happening. Now, we, you and I have argued this night in and night out, episode in, in episode, about Matt Niskin retiring and the lack of movement and the lack of urgency that Chuck Fletcher showed. But beside that, like it's just kind of like the, the, the they've kind of just said, eh, Claude will carry us. And it's like, Claude can carry you for only so long before the weight gives out under him and he has to like, hey, I need some sort of supporting help. Voracek, JVR, whoever it may be. And they just never, as much as I said that they're competitive, there's nothing right now that I, like clearly there's nothing as competitive as Claude Giroux. So I I think it's just one of those things where the fan base is going to look back and go, yeah, he did a lot, but uh, he didn't do enough. And that's not his fault. And that's what I think people need to realize is it wasn't his fault for the most part. 
unfortunately, Claude Giroux is going to be known as the face of the Flyers in the new NHL post-2005 lockout. I mean, think about it beforehand. For those people who, who were fans before the first lockout, if you think back, the Flyers went out a long time, and even for a couple of years afterwards until they got in cap trouble about 2012, 2013, they they used to go out and they used to buy players pretty much every single season. That yeah, they would yeah. be the, they'd be the premier, premier guys. I mean, we can go all the way back to let's say I'll go back as far as let's say two thousand one. Okay, let's go post Lindros years. They traded Eric Lindros. They get Jan Hlavich. They get um uh, they get a uh, Kim Janssen in the deal. Pavel Brendel. And then they go out and they sign Jeremy Roenick. And then they sign Roenick and then they bring in after that, they bring in uh, Adam Oates that, that season. And it was a complete disaster. Uh, and then they kept Roenick as the core. They had Keith Primo already. They brought in guys eventually as they got a, um, a couple years uh, into it. They brought back, uh, they already had Mark Recchi back. They had guys uh, like they bring in a guy like Tony Amani. They really load up their blue line. They went and bought players. Even after the lockout, they bought players. They bought Darian Hatcher. They bought Mike Rapji. Uh, that turned out to be a disaster. Retooled the team, went out and got Jason Smith for, for Yoni Pickinen and Joffrey got Joffrey Lupel out of the deal. Scotty Upshaw came in. They got Timo Keenan and Dana Briere. They used to be able to go out and buy all these players to give the team the spark and to build the supporting cast. So it wasn't just on the guys. Like they did it the right way with, with, with Richards and Carter because they really built around the team. And sure. then really when they were on the verge of knowing that they could win a Stanley Cup, they went out and made the big splash and got Chris Pronger. The problem is with the Flyers now, the last big splash they really have made was that Carter-Richards deal. I mean, think about it. Go back the last 10 years. When's the last time a real big hockey trade happened for the Flyers? Okay, maybe going to get Matt Niskanen. That worked yeah, out great. I, I, I think what happened was they just kind of had a different – they had a, a continental shift on how they decided to build their teams. Correct. That's what, exactly. It, yeah. Exactly. And that was part of the Hextall's rebuild. And yep. even Holmgren near the end of his tenure as GM, they got in so much cap trouble, they had, they had nothing in the cupboard ready to go. And really – all the Giroux years, they had spent pretty much all their assets beforehand trying to get over the hump and get across the finish line, ultimately failing. And what you're seeing now is years of bad management and poor drafting and not drafting the right players or effective players to build around a guy like Giroux. And now you're mired in mediocrity. Now, Hextall restuffed the cabinet. You know, Fletcher's really had one draft to do it. So they, they, you haven't seen the product of Fletcher's draft picks yet. But overall, what you're seeing now is all byproduct of late Holmgren and early Hextall. So right now, you're not seeing any kind of home runs on that, it doesn't seem. And still, you've been trying to build around Giroux, but it's not working. You're, the parts around him aren't working. So it makes you kind of think, like, is it really on Claude Giroux that he hasn't been able to get the team above and beyond when it really the last team he really had that was really built strong around him was that 2011-2012 season when they expected Pronger to be the captain when they expected these guys to you know really contend for a cup that year and Pronger gets hurt and it blows the whole thing up and it took him a few years to get back into really retooling the whole cabinet with the whole Brizgala disaster and that money management issue and Briere having to buy yeah. him out because of the money they, they, they lost a lot of pieces because of money problems not not financial problems, but because of cap problems, yeah. they have not been able to build a team collectively through the draft, and now it's costing them. But at the same time, they haven't really gone out and make the big splash and make it convinced that they feel internally that they're ready to go for it. And I think that that's where some fans get a little pissed off at because, listen, 
this team, people are used to Flyers going all in, putting all their chips in the table and saying, "Hey, man, my next hand's gonna win that, win that, win that big pot." Yeah, they they were playoff teams good. united year in and year out for a, a twelve years, I think it was fifteen years. They were in the playoffs every year up until yeah. I think like oh no, no, not oh nine, oh ten, obviously, but like around like oh seven, oh eight. I want to say made, well, not 20, 07, when it was twenty ten. They had the playoffs fourteen out of fifteen seasons. They had the only time they had missed around the lockout or even before the second lockout in twenty thirteen was. Uh, that uh, 2006, 2007 oh, seven, season. Uh, yeah. And then right. each year it's either they're in or they're out. They're just, yeah. they they have not been, they have not been a consistent team to build around a guy like Claude Giroux. And a lot of players, a lot of players are going to, and you, and you kind of, because of that, it takes away of how special of a player he really is. Yeah. I, I, and it's just, I, I think, I don't always like doing this, but I think the, this will be a fun one. Like the, the ultimate thing that I come back to is, and this is obviously what if history. No. If Pronger was never hurt, Claude Giroux's trajectory, as good as it is now, I think goes up even higher because I think he, I think you can argue that the pressure of the sea got to him in the early years. I think no, that's, but I, I totally disagree with yeah. that. Yeah. 100% disagree with that. No, I don't think that's, that's the case at all. I think that it had to be given to him, and they had to give – They had the, the, I think the plan was always that Claude Giroux was going to be the captain of this team. I think it was too. I agree Not until Pronger retired, but that happened earlier than the team expected it. L- l- think about the moves they made afterwards to try to replace Pronger. It never worked out. Andrew McDonald probably yeah. would have never been a flyer if Pronger was still there. Mark Strike probably would never would have been a flyer if Pronger was still around. So maybe Matt Call resigns after that, you know? So like that, yeah. those types of things that affected the team down the line is that they had an idea that they could, they could win a cup with Giroud and, and with Yager there and with Wayne Simmons and Braden Shen and the Jake Voracek in their younger years. And with Pronger carrying the, being, being the rock in the, you know, on, on the back end, that's kind of how the team was supposed to be constructed. Once they lost that big piece in the back end, they went out and tried to replace it with Shea Weber. That didn't work out. Um, it, it, it comes down to the team just was never fully constructed around to where everything came together at the right time, which you had for a lot of years in that Carter and Carter and Richards era when they led the team. Now it's just, they've been, they've been trying to get by on what they have and trying to chip away with little pieces even there and never really going and getting the big fish or trying to catch the big fish that could help Claude Giroux. They did last season by getting Kevin Hayes and Matt Niskanen, and now we're back to square one with yeah, because Kevin because Kevin know. Hayes and obviously Niskanen retired, and and Hayes has been a disappointment this year. But again, twenty seven points to minus six. For yeah, minus it, player this year surprising. Like it, it's it's surprising. It's a little shocking. I mean, you, you, he's locked in for a number of years. Obviously, I think five more years on that contract of his, and it's like. Is which which Kevin Hayes is the true one? It's the one that we saw last year that was night in and night out, a perennial scorer. Uh, I think their record when he scored or a point, not just a goal, but just a point, was something like only two or three losses on the year uh, at the end of the season when the stoppage happened due to COVID. Or is it now this guy that you said only has 27 points, a minus three, and, and is just 
kind of kind of there. Like the whole team's down. You can't. Re- you have yeah. to take this season as like you really. If you trust this team, which is hard to ask people to do, because it's hard. It's, it's very, very hard. hard. I I I I don't blame the person that's you that's listening to this podcast right now. Going, yeah, but they still are over Claude Giroux's tenure. They have post twenty eleven or twenty twelve when he became the 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 All Star Heat. They have two series playoff series wins. Well. Let's take one thing. To, what do I always say? What do you need to win a Stanley Cup? What do you need? What a I've been sec- saying since last season. Yeah, second line, a, a 200-foot center. Two solid centers. Yeah. You need one, you need your two. And Kevin Hayes, I could still feel as a two as a two center. Scott Lawton, you got him locked in. You're basically locked up the middle, which is good. So really you need to build, start building around and building your lines out that way. Like, you really need to start getting more scoring off the wing. That's what you're going to need. I think at center, they're set. Claude's not a center anymore. He's a winger. The yep. question is, is that – you know, when his contract's up next season, how much of a pay cut do you think he's willing to take? I mean, oh, listen, like, he's at yeah. eight, and, eight, and eight and a quarter million. So, I mean, over eight, a little over eight and a quarter million. Eight yeah. and, uh, so, I mean, it's it's the, the issue comes down to this is that, okay, is he worth four million? Is he worth five million? What what can you do with them? Because, listen, the the bigger fish, and we'll, I guess we can get into it, is talking about what the Flyers need to do this offseason to kind of prepare them that if Claude does not come back after next season, what kind of moves can they make now to set them up for the long run? Because listen, if you look at this team as a whole, they need a defenseman yep. and they need some scoring up front. So the question is, what's really available out there that you can go get to really build around Claude for one year and say, you know what, we're all in, let's go for it. Let's put those chips back on the table and say, screw it. We know we're close enough. Maybe it was a down year. When we know we're close enough, we're going to do it. I think that they can look at this season as the 0607 season Yes. Make some clean, make some cleanup yep. and say, listen, we're not as bad as we look. We just had a really, really bad year making personnel decisions. So let's we had do a really this. bad year. So, so, let, so let's do this. Each of us had, let's identify one player, two players total, one player on offense, one player on defense. You can do one by trade, one by free agent. Where are you looking first? Like, what are you immediately looking for? Because, because, because I think people, we're talking about Claude Drew, obviously. But as I said last week and a couple weeks in over the last couple of weeks, really, you also got to look at Ivan Provorov, the, the, the drop off that and you have said this and I'm starting to believe it is he's not a one. He's a one A or one B, depending on how you feel about him or how well he decides to play that night. So are you, you need to find a right hand well decides the play. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, I, you never know. <laughs> You never know, but you know, again, are you, are you going to play well today? You're going to play bad. Tell me, tell well, me again, it, it goes me. back to the point that you were making about how everyone's down this year. Like, is it just everyone's playing like crap this year now because they know they're out of the playoffs. I mean, they're nine points out with eight games to play or whatever it is. And it's, you have three more games against New Jersey coming up starting tomorrow night on Tuesday. So it's like, are they, have they just given up? But, but, but like, are you no, trying no, to, no, you, no. you need to find a, a, a a partner for Provorov in addition to finding the effective uh, support around Claude Giroux in his final year. Cause you got to make his final year worth it. I think that's going to be a factor in what they do here as well. Okay. So here's what I'm, here's what I would do. First of all, there's some things that will be rumored out. Let's, let's get some rumors out of the way, you know, like, mm-hmm. okay. 
as much as a fan as I am with Shea Weber, okay, Shea Weber ain't coming here. I would love to see Shea Weber in a flyer uniform. It's been about eight years I, too late anyway. Exactly. And, and look, and it wouldn't be a bad deal if they did get Shea Weber. Money-wise, it wouldn't be. But the thing is, he no, would be, have to be Shea Weber from 10 years ago. He'd have to be Shea Weber now, which is more of a stay-at-home guy, you know, still banging a clapper off the blue line off uh, on the power play. You, you need that. Realistically, these these are these are players. If I'm the Flyers, I'm going to identify. But there's there's two two parts of that. First of all, a lot of people talk about Johnny Gaudreau. Let's get this out of the way. Would I like to see Johnny Gaudreau in a Flyer uniform? Yes, I think it would be awesome. I think it would be awesome to see a hometown kid come here. The only problem is there's a drawback, and it's nothing against Johnny Gaudreau. I want to make that 100 clear. It's nothing against Johnny Gaudreau. The kid is a class act. His dad's a class act. I know his dad personally from when I coached. He's a great guy. The only thing about Johnny is that. Not because of him. Let me say it again. If you bring a hometown guy in here and he doesn't perform up the expectation, Johnny's wow. had, hang on, hang on. Johnny's had Dead. a down. Johnny had a down season last year, and he's having a down season this year. He's making almost seven million dollars this year. If he comes in here and does not perform up to his level where he was at his best, you're looking at Jake Forecheck part two. How the fans would get on him. Seriously, yeah, that's true. what it would be. Good point. I mean, because he, and it would be exacerbated because he's a hometown guy. So people think, oh, wow, we're getting Johnny Gaudreau as a hometown guy. Everybody knows him. He's so good. Yet people don't realize he's had it down two seasons. So I think that could Gaudreau be on the move? Yes. I just don't know if here would be the right fit, but it would be fun to see him play with a guy like Sean Couturier. If I'm the Flyers, I'm looking on offense at Nashville because Nashville, they're – have they're set at center for the next like seven years like they, yeah. got, they, have, they have ryan johansson locked up to 20 to 24 25 and they have matt deshane locked up until you know the the world collapses um so they have victor arvidson locked up i'm looking at a guy um i'm sorry like, I'm, I'm looking at a guy like victor arvidson who's got some term left on his deal you could pull a hockey trade it might cost you it might cost you what it might cost you i'm not sure off the top of my head i mean you know, you're not going to. We talked about it. how it's going it, to. It, it's it's a hockey trade, so you're not just talking about yeah. draft picks. You're talking, you're not talking about, about players. You're, yeah, you're, you're talking about get, the players. It yeah, might cost and, you a guy like Konechny. It, it could, but that's the, an overpayment for him. It's an overpayment, but like I said last week, or maybe the week before, I, I'm I'm at the point where there's two or three players that I'm like dead set on keeping. Now, in your scenario, Travis Konechny is one of those guys. I want to keep him, but. I don't know. I, 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 you could pry connect me off of my hands for the right price. Because again, if your name is not Carter Hart, if it's not Sean Couturier, and right now, if it's not Claude Giroux and Claude Giroux is only because of contractual obligations, because he can't be moved. I, I'm willing to move a lot of these players off the books because of just how disappointing the season is. And I don't want to lose I need to give Claude Giroux, if this is in fact his final year in 2022, or to, excuse me, in 2021, 2022, if this is it, you got to make the run. You got to make a push. Well, without a doubt. Without a doubt. That's why on offense, I'm looking to bring in a little spark plug. I think that could Goudreau work here? Yeah, but you, you need to get Jake off your books. And the thing is, is that you're, are Jake, look, believe it or not, even though this team isn't playing well, you know, Jake's second in the team in points at 37 points. Like, yeah, he's got yeah. nine goals, but he's got 37 points right behind JVR at 39. I mean, and he's only 31. That's two years less than, than exactly. Claude. So, that, the, that's the, still the problem, something. 
Well, his problem is because it comes down to his contract. He's had eaten a quarter million to 23, 24. So that's four more years of yeah. this. That's four more years. That's a lot of money. So you, you really have to think about, okay, he's the only guy who does not have a no movement clause. He'd be willing to move because Jake's got a no movement clause. Kevin Hayes has a no movement clause. Nobody's going to take JVR at 31 at $7 million. So, I mean, it, it, for what JVR does now, could you sell high on him? Yeah, maybe you could probably squeeze a draft pick out and clear up that cap space, but that's the thing. You're talking hockey trades here. So if I'm looking on the back end, which I think should be prioritized, I think a guy you get to play with uh, Ivan Provorov because he's only 24, get a guy like Colton Pareko. It's a $5.5 million. He's got another year left on his deal, so he's not even on UFA. Here's the problem you come into next season if you have to re-sign Pareko because he's not the only person who's going to be due a contract. Who else besides Claude Drew is due for a contract next season? Uh, I believe it's Carter Hart. No, it's Sean Couturier. Oh, yes. And yeah. He's at $4.3 million, which is probably going to double. So you're going to be talking Sean Couturier at Claude Giroux money. So unless they're flipping salaries, you're going to have a problem there where you're going to have to figure out where you're going to get that extra money from. Because, yeah, while while you're locked up with uh, with Provorov for at six and seven, $6.75 you're going to have to dump off, find a way to get rid of Shane Gossespear. So you're going to have to find a way for a team who's going to need help on defense. You're not going to trade Ghost to the Blues. You, the Blues are going to be in a little bit of trouble here because they're going to be heading for some sort of rebuild here because they're going to be losing, they're going to get a lot of money on their books. So they're going to lose Jaden Schwartz. They're going to lose Tyler Bozak. And they're going to lose Mike Hoffman after the season. While Mike Hoffman is only one year on this deal, still, that they're going to be losing a couple of their pieces. So they're going to be, have some money to play with. So if you could take a guy like Jake, or you could take a guy like uh, maybe even JVR and flip him from a guy like Colton Pareko, that might be a trade that could actually work there. So I think there's some moves they can do here. Um, targeting Victor Arvidsson. You might need to give up a little something for that. You might need to throw in a draft pick here or a little higher and overpay him in that aspect to make the money work for a team to take on like ghost of salary. If you can't get Pareko, but that's a guy who I'm looking for because he's got four years left on his deal. And he's only 28. So it, it's a little bit more of it when he can get back to where the former for a couple years ago, a little less money than Johnny Gaudreau, a little less risk as well, because you don't have to worry about, you know, anything coming up with the way people are going to get on Victor Arvidsson like they would Johnny Gaudreau here. Yep, and yep. I think that from an aspect of pressure from a player, I, I think that that's something that the team should evaluate as well, because you don't want to get in a situation where you have a hometown guy who's a lot of shades very similar to a Danny Barrera type, but only seeing, you know, remembering the good parts and remember uh, Danny Barrera wasn't the most responsible defensively at his own end. And, you know, I, at the end of the day, you, you need it. You need a team that you come in here and, and add some juice to it. And that's why I'd go with Arvidsson a little over Gaudreau and that because of the money and because I think it'd be a better hockey fit as well. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I would not mind Arvidsson. Like I, I, I honestly wouldn't mind Gaudreau uh, when I was I looking either. at, yeah, I, I mean, money would make none of these guys are, oh, no, I don't want them. It's a matter of just fit. And mm -hmm. I, I, while I don't necessarily agree with the Goudreau coming into his hometown and having a disappointing season or whatever. And being I'm not saying that. I'm not yeah. saying that he would. I'm saying if it, aspect, if it does, right. that this town would eat him alive. And it'd be very unfair to Johnny for that because 100%. nobody would see how well he's been in I mean, Calgary. look what's happening. Look what's happening to Carter Hart. People are yeah. ready to throw him out the window. My point after exactly. Just one bad season. And right. we're not really sure the factors in it. Because if you watch it, yes, Carter Hart has been so super disappointing, 
but it's also been the blue line. It's been the, the back checking that just up and down. The defensive play has been horrendous, Correct. but I digress. What, what I immediately looked at for this thing was what other team had high expectations for this season and faltered and is falling apart at the seams. It seems, and they're trying to look for that move. And similar to Johnny Gaudreau and you, I looked to Calgary because Calgary had very high expectations after a very good season last year. Uh, they performed decent in the bubble, and now it's kind of, fall, again, falling apart at the seams. But I didn't look at Goudreau. There were rumors now that Matthew Tuchuk is out there. They're fielding offers for him. There's not a lot I would not give up for Tuchuk. Yeah, I, He's I don't 23, disagree. I believe. Yep. I, I like... This kid, he only has 10 goals on the season, but I don't care. He had 61 like, points last year and 77 the year before. The guy's a, guys, guys got a machine. He's, he's only two years of the Jake player. He's only two years separated from a, his career high in 30 goals. Like, you know, he's capable of doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and he's a, he can play both sides of the wing. Like, this kid is exactly what you need for Claude Giroux. He's immediately up on your top line anchored by with Claude Giroux on the other side, whichever wing, and hopefully you get coot and you get coots in there. Like I, I there's not, you hope that they just take Jake off your hands because the money's obviously the money's a little bit more on Jake's side, but the other guy that looks, it, it, there's no way they would go for it unless you peppered in maybe a couple draft picks or a prospect or two. JVR is making exactly the same amount of money. Yeah, he's, but he's in, also eight years older. That's now, look, my point. That's my I, point. And, and he's I been disappointing. Yeah. And I agree with you about Kachuk because I think he's a spark plug. You watch that kid play. Oh my God. He just oh, gets yeah. in your he's, face. He, he, he's a bull. He's a bull. He'd be, his last name's Kachuk. If anybody's seen his dad play, you know, they're, you know he comes from the same, same family. And his brother Brady and Otto is kind of the same way. Yes. So. Like I just immediately looked at him as a guy that you are, if it's a normal season, if it's a full 82 game season and you are going up against Calgary, you're like, I hate that kid. I hate yeah. Matthew Tuchuk because yeah. of how he plays. But if yep. he's on your team, you battle for him and yep. you'll love him night in and night out. It's like Scott Wayne Hartnell Simmons. when he was in his. Yes. Prime. Great comparison. Fantastic comparison in Scott Hartnell. Yes. It's that exactly like Simmons. Scott Hartnell, but Bingo. he's more of a goal scorer. Yeah. Like that's Bingo. exactly how. So this might piss you off. Oh, boy. Please this is going to cost you probably no 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 this is <laughs> I, I'm 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 speculating what this would cost you. Okay. I'm trying to get JVR unloaded just because the mat, the the money matches up. You're gonna give up have to give up one of your defensemen. Okay. And Hold I on. think it's going to cost cost you Travis Sanheim. Okay. For the most part, I'm fine with that. Okay. I think it's probably going to cost you at least two pat two picks. Because you're trying to get, you're you're, you're gonna trying, have to go connect. Sandheim's not gonna be enough. I'm gonna tell you that right no, now. No, JVR Sandheim and picks. You're gonna have to give up a first round draft pick. You're gonna have to give up Travis yep. Sandheim and probably Travis Connecting. Yeah, so, it's just I, I I do it. I mean, I I would do it too because I as would great, do it. yeah, as great as TK is in terms of how he's gravitate has he's he's gotten the trust of the fan base. I think you're getting almost the exact same thing in Matthew Tuchuk. That could like it's an immediate impact. Like I don't see, and you have to do like if if I'm Chuck Fletcher, I'm on the phone the day the season ends for the Flyers and and the Calgary Flames, and just go, what do you need, and yeah. just go from there. 
and it's because and even though you have to factor in the, the expansion draft, which we haven't really touched on, most of our trades we're allocating that are going to happen post expansion draft, which I believe is July 15th, something. I don't know why that, that rings a bell. No, I think they're still going to be in the middle of the playoffs at that point. Either way, whichever, whenever they decide that the, the post expansion draft, they're immediately going to be a lot of moving parts. And I think that's immediately what Chuck Fletcher should be doing. So it's July 21st, first of all. The second mm-hmm. of all, here's the thing. I know a lot of people are probably like, why would you give up Connecty for a guy like Matthew Kachuk? Because you're talking hockey trade here. We're not talking money. Yep. We're talking hockey trade. We're talking, okay, a hockey fit for Calgary would be a guy like Travis Connecty because they're getting a similar player in return. It's just a, literally a change of scenery for both. Yeah, I think that if you're looking more – of a flyer rough style hockey, you're talking, you're definitely a Kachuk is going to be a better fit here. Konechny would pr- probably better be off in some sort of an, an, a faster game, which he's going to get out West to begin with because it's a faster conference out there. I, I love that move. I love that move. And you had another move in free agency that you would make that I think that would be really good, which why me, I'd be willing to give up Travis Sanheim because if you ask me, it could be replaced in free agency. And I know that's crazy, but I think no, there's I think a guy I, you would eye with a free agency that could that could possibly replace that. Well, I, what I wanted to first do was just who I was looking at on the defensive side in free agency, because I think that, again, you're trying to find a partner. I'm trying to find, make both parties happy in, in Ivan Provorov and, and Claude Giroux. And I look to free agency, and he's going to cost you a pretty penny, I think. I think David Savard... Is exact is something that you could use for Ivan Provorov. That is the splash that the okay. Flyers could do. He's a big body. He's he's on the back end. He plays. Uh, Provorov is good on, on in the terms of two way. He's not Shane Gossespierre good in in the sense of the offensive presence. The one of the best things about Shane Gossespierre is why he is he's his offensive presence. He's very good at keeping the puck in the blue line, creating plays. Ivan Provov can become that to an extent. David Savard could sit on the back end, back on his heels, and protect the blue line or protect your own zone, and it would be a great partnership. I think that's exactly who Chuck Fletcher should be looking at. There are a couple names, other names out there. Savard, I think you can make the money work. That's where that's where I'm looking at. I'm surprised. I know you were talking earlier about Dougie Hamilton too. But- yeah, I think Dougie Hamilton. I think the problem with Dougie is. Um, again, we, we're not going too much into it, but the, the Seattle Kraken have early access to pending free agents. And I think Dougie Hamilton's going to be on the top of their list. That's Fair really enough. what it comes down to. Like, I think, Fair I think Seattle is going to, maybe the money doesn't work. Maybe Dougie's going to be a little bit too expensive for them. But at the same time, I, I, I don't think money's too much of an issue for them because they're literally starting at zero, basically. I'll tell you what, there's one guy on that list who I've coveted since 2011 on this team, and I think he would be a perfect iteration of what flyer hockey is. And I think that you'd have to get rid of JVR because it's pretty it's similar player, They're yeah. very, very similar player, and also would probably command a little more money than that. I'm looking at Gabriel Landeskog. I just think the guy is <sighs> an ultimate yeah. leader. I just think that Landeskog – when I first started, I saw him play in Sweden. In 2011, I wish the Flyers had gotten a chance to draft him. I think that Landis Scott will be a great fit here. He would just be a guy who can kind of do a little bit. I think he can play center. He can play the wing. He's just an all-around great leader for that team at, in Colorado. And, and, I mean, right now, he's got 44 points in the year, 17 goals, 27 assists, uh, and, you know, double that in a regular 82-game season. So um, I, I think that he'd be a great, great fit here. Uh, just more of a – 
you know, can you imagine if they somehow make it work and get Gabe Landeskog or Matthew Kachuk on the same team? Like, my God, like, Sean yeah, like that's immediately you're, you're back in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah I mean, you're, you're, cont- you're Stanley Cup contender, even you, with the yep. even with the flaws on defense, just because of adding two players like that, that yeah. caliber, you'd be fantastic. You, you know, you, your defensive shortcomings be outstanding. You'd be more of a Toronto type type team where you just try to outscore other teams. And honestly, you terrible. could fill, if you go for those two big names on the offensive side, you can find a gap filler, not oh, yeah. Eric Gustafson like because that was a complete failure. I think Chuck is going to be able to identify what is is right. I think like I th- I, I think yeah, both yeah, of us Alexander have a, Edler, an older guy like that. Yeah, exactly. Play. Like get a thirty five year old, whatever it may be. And I think we both have accepted without touching it exactly on the head. I think the days of Shane Gossip here on this team are completely over. Like, despite how well he's played yeah. Uh, yeah. this season, I just don't think the coach and, and GM are in love with him the way the fan base is or, mm-hmm. or has been over the last seven years or whatever it's been under yeah. uh, uh, of Shane Gossip. And it's disappointing. Like, I think there was a lot of hype with him coming out of Union uh, when he had a, the ridiculous Frozen Four here in Philadelphia just by happenstance. So it, I think it's just one of those things where you, you either find a gap filler in your own pipeline or in free agency and you just go with it. If you're able to land these two big fish that we've been alluding to in Landeskog and, 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 and to Chuck, because you're immediately, like you said, you're immediately in the Stanley Cup conversation. Yeah. And, and Noda, we're just speculating on moves they could do because here's, here's, the, here's the key why we're saying this is that this, this fan base is starving not yeah. for a championship, yep. for a big move. Like, show us the commitment that you're in. I think a lot of fans haven't seen that in a long time. And not, granted, it's not the days of old where the Flyers had the ability to do all that because there was no salary cap. But you haven't made a big time ballsy move in a long time. I mean, the last one I can really say was like, whoa, like that kind of move takes balls. Was the, when they traded Mike Richards and Jeff Carter hours apart. Like, that's really the last time that I felt this team, like, you know, had a pair of, of, of making that risky move like that. And did it pay off for them? Well, I mean, it depends on how you look at it. What's I your mean, definition? I, yeah. Like what's your definition yeah, like, of I, wait, like, success? It comes down to this is that Richard and Carter, when it's, I don't go back and, and go back 10 years. They were not winning a cup here. Like you could have kept that team together for a couple of seasons. They weren't going to get it done here. They were the missing pieces for other teams they were the missing pieces for and don't forget they didn't trade them both to la they traded yeah. one columbus they got this the, they got the the seventh overall pick which was Couturier, and they got jake voracek out of that deal and then mike richards that's where they got wayne simmons, wayne and simmons. Brady Shen. Yep. so like you they the kings went out and got jeff carter on their own volition and tried to believe they traded eric johnson for him uh, and, yeah they did i think I, I believe yeah. they, or, or jack johnson might have been jack johnson they traded jack johnson for him and uh, that's that set them up to win that Stanley Cup that year. And Jeff Carter had an overtime winning goal in Game Two, son of a gun. Um, so yeah, that uh, definitely yeah. Hurt that, watching because the point is yeah, yeah, like that that was the last time they really had a balls up move because you were like, whoa, like they're really changing up. Like they really want to go in this direction. They signed Brzezgala. They had Pronger on their back end. It all went to hell a season later. But you know, then they came back and and built some pieces and Steve Mason and, and they, they made it yeah, work I on think, defense for a while. Like they, they, that, but they hadn't made, they hadn't made a big move since then. Like they're not they, a big move, but I think what they tried to do was, as we talked about and what you have to do in today's NHL is build through the draft. They were right. trying to make a splash in the draft. They were trying to find that next Couturier uh, who is 
a night in and night out guy, similar to Claude Giroux. And it's like, well, you, you, you found Konechny, you found Ivan Provorov. Provorov is probably the closest I can think of because he is a uh, perennial, he, like he logs 20 minutes a game. He, like it, it's just, he's a, he's literally a warrior. I don't think he's missed yeah. a, He still has not missed a game. I don't, oh no, he, he lost it this season. He finally missed a game this season, if I remember correctly, uh, for the first time in his career. Like, he was an absolute machine that never missed a game. I mean, it's, it's something in the Russian water, man. That's really what it comes down to. Those Russians, Alex Ovechkin, Ivan Provorov, they just yeah. have something that can – when it gets on the ice, they are – it takes an army to get them off of it. So when they – when our definition of a big move – we do think about the trade and that's not necessarily always what it is. It sometimes is like when they got the second overall pick and ended up with Nolan Patrick, could you imagine if Nolan Patrick did turn out to what he, we had hoped he to be, then well, that would have been that splash. Sadly, still, he's suffering migraines and all this other crap. And now still, we're looking at like, are we even bringing him back? We have the rights to him, but are you, are you trying now to just send him off in a trade piece? Yeah, I think yeah, that's I know. Look, they, there's been rumors that he's willing to play out in rest of Western Canada. I don't know how much I buy that. I don't buy rumors, so to speak, I, yeah. as much as you think. It's just like, you know, every player, like for instance, like every player who ever played wants to play for Toronto. Like, oh, I was, this guy wants to play for Toronto. That guy wants to play. For, yeah, because Toronto's a hockey mecca. Of course, people want to play there. Yeah. Like, and go to, to, to uh, he played, he's played every game this year and he's played every game since 2016, 17. Yeah, it's absurd. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. absurd. Absolutely ridiculous. So it, yeah, that's the key draft Russian. Look at Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah. Um, so, or sign a uh, Russian like Alex Ovechkin is a free agent as well. You know, just make that splash. Well, there's that splash. Yeah, that's a splash. <laughs> you're talking about. Yeah, we bought in the, probably the, the best goal scorer. And yeah, watch, he'll come here and he'll just won't score any goals because this team doesn't like to score goals. Yeah, it's true. Um, no, like at the end of the day, though, like, it, it he with Provorov on that back end, they're going to be fine. They just need to find a way to to get something to get the fans reinstated after the season. Like this season yeah. was a this is and it's not over yet. I mean, they still have eight games to go, and it just yeah. feels like dragging on and dragging on and dragging. And on. by the way, we'll get in we'll get into our preview in just a moment here. But we have one more. But like they're losing tomorrow night. There's no doubt in my mind they're losing tomorrow night to the Devils. But anyway, before we do that. Oh probably i i I think this was i i love we'll we'll get more into what the flyers will do in the as we project more and rumors more become fact of what's going to happen uh but what is fact and we were both pretty shocked by this well i was a little shocked i don't i'll have to get asked you right now nbc is completely out on hockey next season their talent all of it done kenny kenny albert your ah, boy, Kenny Allen. Ah, no we don't more. know what he's going to be ah, doing. Should score. Uh, oh, I'm not going to be doing that next season, except on Rangers Radio on WNBC. Wow, good, uh, good private parts reference. Uh, anyway, so I, I, I think what uh, is catching my eye on this is basically the NHL just took whatever the NBA broadcast model was and said, "We want to do that because not all these games are going to be on ESPN." And on TNT, like if I'm in the marketing department of the NHL, I deserve a raise because I, or whoever made that deal, because NHL on TNT is fascinating to me. You get a whole, you get a fresh start. Basically, you already have the established brand of ESPN. 
You're hoping that you get Gary Thorne, obviously. Obviously, we've heard rumors that he's coming back, that nothing is official yet. They haven't really announced anything. Uh, we're hoping that comes into light soon in the offseason. But if I'm TNT and Turner Sports, the idea that I have NBA and NHL in my back pocket is very very enticing. I'm ho- yeah. I'm expecting uh, that they'll get a decent amount of playoff games and and big and marquee uh, regular season matchups. But man, I, I'm it's very it's going to be very odd that we're not going to hear the classic NBC intro and we're going to get whatever we get with uh, TNT. So how do you feel about this? That NBC is completely out of it on, on NHL uh, hockey. I'll I'll be I'll be. I'll be honest with you. This is this is how I feel about it. I don't have to hear this anymore. Kenny Albert here with you to tell you that the next playoff game will be starting on CNBC and the next one will be on MSNBC. Catch them all tonight here on NBC. SN. So, like, <laughs> ridiculous that has to turn. Like, here's what pissed me off at NBC. Like, look, granted, you got all these different channels. I don't want to go looking around using as what my parents would call the clicker trying to find CNBC Clicker. when I've never turned on the damn channel in my entire life to watch a playoff game. So the fact that you would put a sporting event on a commerce channel and then a news channel, are you absurd? Yeah. So, uh, listen. Don't forget USA. It, oh, God, even worse. Like, that was the old wrestling channel. That's We turned on to watch wrestling, not hockey, okay? Look, I don't have an issue with the fact that the NHL has done this turn. I, 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 I've stated for years I've never been a huge fan of an NBC. Great. It was a partner for a long time with them and brought them, but I've always complained because it's always too suit and tie. It's too suit and tie professional. And it's too boring. It's no, there's nothing flashy enough about it. Yeah. Like the presentation. And I like some of the talent. I, I mean, obviously I'm biased. I like Keith Jones. I like uh, Brian Boucher, who I think were for as suit and tie as it was. Those two tried to back off of that, that moniker and we're goofing, not goofy, yeah. but they tried to be. They were hockey guys. They tried to bring their own personality to it. Yeah. And then once you lost Doc Emmerich, who was the ultimate own personality, brought life to the sport and to the broadcast network. Once you lost Doc Emmerich, I was like, okay, NBC has to get out of this because yeah. they had nobody in. They tried yeah. the 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 Kenny Albert. You don't need to do the impression. The the, you, the listeners. Star. <laughs> Because Kenny of Albert, has Kenny Albert, goal against the Flyers this game. Kenny Albert is the ultimate like, just do the Rangers when the, the Rangers yeah. are on broadcast tele, uh, on national television. We'll give you, we'll throw you a bone. We'll give you them, but he's not. You can't build a broadcast team around him. Uh, TNT. Uh, is Kenny Albert those- is the Diet Coke of Joe Buck. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's a great comparison. Like if, that's the if, only way if, I can if, look at it. If 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 Joe Buck is a Budweiser, he's Bud Light. <laughs> I will say though, the one person I wish had more of a shot, and I hope like the problem is he just signed with NBC Sports, and I don't know what that means now. Mike that Tirico, Mike Tirico, I thought was really good in the he, late. I Toronto thought he did game. hockey well. I thought he was picking up and he flowed well. And I thought he Mike clearly Tirico. had his stumbles. He clearly had his stumbles trying to figure everything out. But but he, again, but to what you just said, he knew his stuff. It yeah. wasn't like he was thrown into the pit and going. Uh, they were moving the ball and they're on the blue line. And let's they do just, that hockey. 
Yeah, like None let's do that hockey thing. Like yeah. Mike Tirico knew his stuff, and that's just a credit to what he does. I right. I don't know what well, the, the future he, holds for him. I would like to see him in hockey, though, in TNT or ESPN, oh, whatever I'd, it may I'd be. I'd love that. If, 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 if he can make a reunion back with ESPN, it'd be awesome. Or if he's just a standalone guy on TNT, that'd be even cool. Like Mike Tirico, like these guys are professionals. Like they do a lot of homework before the game and take a lot of notes. And I thought Mike Tirico, for a guy who never really had done a professional hockey game that I had seen anyway – came on and did a fantastic job. I think you're right with that. But, you know, it comes down to this. My, my, my question is, is this, is that if Gary Thorne does not come back, who's the new voice of hockey? That's, that's, and I yeah, think that I, might be a question for another day, but I'm eyeing Alex Faust, who's uh, the guy, the LA Kings announcer. He's beyond yeah. fantastic. Alex Faust is wonderful. So, I mean, that's why I'd be looking now, at admittedly, to like around a brand, go to Alex Faust. Yeah, admittedly, I don't know many people outside of the big national guys and obviously the local guys here in Philly uh, with Jim Jackson and that crew. Uh, so I, 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 I got to listen more. But I, I, again, I think the I think it's odds on favorite is Gary Thorne or some or John Bucci Gross. Oh. I, I think I, I don't mind Bucci. Oh. I think Bucci, um, he has the college feel um, in the sense of trying to think of an accurate description of how college college broadcast feels a little bit different but if you go and listen to some because he gets all the frozen four which is obviously already on espn he just sounds very descriptive but in a lesser in a in a more simplified tone I Fair think enough. that's how I, I think that's how I, but I think he would know where he was at if he was given an NHL shot yep. uh, in that sense. So I think he would tighten it up a little bit, be a little bit more descriptive, be a little more detailed in the, in the play of action and what's going on. And, you know, I, th- I think they're just I, the ESPN loves ESPN. Yep. So I, it's tough for them to go on the outside higher or anything like yep. that. So it's really going to be John Forsland, John Forsland. I think yeah. he's going to be doing the Kraken play by play. John Forsland's fantastic. Yeah. I, he did so many games for NBC over the years. If Doc wasn't doing, he was really the one, the second guy, and he was still doing the Carolina Hurricanes broadcast. John Forsman's a guy I'm going to miss the most out of all that. Not you know, like all due respect to Doc. Doc's the easy one. He's by far everybody's favorite and a great storyteller. Uh, but John Forsland just knows how to call a hockey game. Like, you know, who's not the big national guy that many people probably realize, but he's really, really good. So, but hey, look, listen. Steve Levy might be back doing hockey. That'd be oh, God. <laughs> I forgot Steve Levy existed. Oh, <laughs> Hey, he didn't do bad on Monday Night Football. A lot of people not. I'll give him that. I'll give you that. He did yeah. not sound bad on football. Um, maybe it's just like maybe he's matured, but like he just. He was a good hockey guy. He I don't know. He got maybe knocked, maybe I just good. caught him on like a bad week, but I could not stand his commentary during he's, Sports Center. He's ESPN's Kenny Albert. That's exactly yeah, what he that's is. That's actually a good comparison. It's really what he is. Like people yeah. just can't stand him. I happen to love him. I think Steve, I'll tell you what, though. And I've stated this a million times. This is my last point before we wrap. So. My biggest thing is that we posted about a couple of weeks, I would say about a month ago, the, the just the sound of ESPN and when they score and the the how the, yes. the and the crowd coming back and the noise and like you know you listen to NBC you don't hear that but you turn on CBC in in Canada and you hear all of that so it's kind of they, they if they're gonna do it right they're gonna make sure to have the crowd and go back to the way they used to do things with that because I think. While they had a great opportunity, many broadcasts and had a great opportunity to do that this year, 
especially with the lower crowds. They didn't. And I think they completely missed the boat on it. Yeah. ESPN has an opportunity here to get people to get that energy back because nobody understands unless you go to a National Hockey League playoff game just how electric it yeah. actually is. And yeah. you've never been to a playoff game, that should be the first one you ever go to because nothing will ever compare to it, how energetic it is. So they need to bring that back. The, yeah, that I agree. energy that people are going to miss. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think this is going to be the most active offseason we've seen in a while, not just for the Flyers, but in terms of the, just the NHL yep. as a whole. I think this yep. will be a lot of fun because of the expansion draft, because of the free agencies that are coming up and all of that. Hopefully the Flyers are right in the mix, and I expect that they will. Um but before they, they got get through these last eight games, mm-hmm. they have, for the first time in franchise history, I didn't know this. I heard it. I think it was on the television broadcast. For the first time in franchise history, they're playing the same team four times in a row. They obviously just beat the Devils uh, last night in heroic fashion, as we talked about, thanks to Claude Giroux, in the shootout, four to three. Uh, what's the rest of this week like for you? Three against the Devils. Let's see. Yeah, three against the Devils. Mm, win, lose, and then a shootout loss. See, I, three, I got three the, points. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, there's no way that they, they win tomorrow night. There's no way. Doesn't matter <laughs> who's in that game. Yeah, I mean, they were out of that game for 58. minutes. They should not have won that game. They, there's no. They no business winning that game. Exactly. That was other the game, than Claude that was, Giroux, it was so. like that Buffalo game where they were down three nothing in that in that third exactly. period. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's, it's where the team is at. But it's more fun to talk about the offseason because at this point it just we just need to get there unfortunately yeah we need to get there just, you know it's like uh, yeah. so i have it also at three points but they're gonna lose tomorrow night and then win and shoot out loss yeah and i think that what they're gonna do is they're gonna beat both penguins we'll, we'll talk about it next week but still i think they're gonna beat the penguins twice lose to the capitals and win the last game of the season just to just to end up in the middle of the draft pack out right outside of the playoffs and outside of a top five pick so Good job, Flyers. Good job. On that note, thank you so much for listening. If you have a comment about what's going to happen in this offseason, shoot us an email, orangeandbackcheck at, gmail, at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at orangeandbackcheck or excuse me, at obackcheck, orangeandbackcheck, if you want to just see it in, uh, in the search bar. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Hey, Albert. Here looking at my computer because I don't have a job anymore. I still got the Rangers. Well, gotta go to the bathroom. Oh, look, I scored.